0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church.
1: I know you're not clapping for me. You're clapping for the courage of those people to share their stories. All those are real people. Faces in our church, many of the faces I'm looking at right now, and if they can experience freedom, you can experience freedom from anything. Our topic today is this, is that it's freedom through forgiveness. Do you know that the medical community and the academic community see the value of forgiveness for our physical and for our emotional health? Look at what John Hopkins University says. The medical center says this. It says, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your own health. It lowers the risk of heart attack, it improves cholesterol levels in sleep, and it reduces pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. Stanford Forgiveness Project says this, learning to forgive lessens the amount of hurt, anger, stress, and depression that people experience. People who forgive also become more hopeful more optimistic, more compassionate, and have enhanced conflict resolution skills. This research also found that people who forgive report significantly fewer physical symptoms of stress, like backache, muscle tension, dizziness, headaches, upset stomachs. The act of forgiving also increases energy and overall well-being. Forgiveness. Forgiveness helps our physical health. It helps our emotional health. It helps our relational health. And of course it helps our spiritual health. If you've been tracking with us here in 2023, we're in the middle of a series entitled Finding Freedom. Overcoming common struggles in Christ. We all struggle in many ways. Who struggles here? Let's be honest in church, who struggles? We all struggle, right? Our struggles might be different, but our struggle is the same. There's no one struggle that's better than yours or worse than yours. Our struggles are different, but our struggle is the same. And so we're dedicating the first seven weeks of 2023 to finding freedom from unhealthy patterns of thinking and living that are hurting ourselves and hurting our relationship with others and hurting our relationship with God. So the title of this message is Freedom Through Forgiveness. Pastor Ron is preaching this weekend at our North Aurora location the last three weekends. I've had the opportunity to visit some of our other locations. I've been in North Aurora, Hinsdale, Monmouth last weekend, but I'm so glad to be right here in Naperville. I believe this is the most important message in this series right now. Freedom through forgiveness. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to open them up to Ephesians chapter four, verses 31 And 32, whether you have a physical Bible or a digital Bible, let's get your eyes on God's word this morning, because if we're going to be set free, we need to be in the truth, know the truth, and we need to be abiding in his word. Starting in verse 31, it says this, it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. There is so much truth about forgiveness in these verses. We're not just gonna work our way verse by verse. We're gonna look at each single word, but let's start with this. There's three realities in life. Do you know what the three realities are? Death, Taxes. We live in the state of Illinois, right? So death, taxes, and that people will hurt people with their words and their actions. Am I not speaking truth here? That that's a reality in marriage. It's reality in parenting and family. It's reality in friendships. It's reality in the church. It's reality with coworkers. And so because it's a reality, we need to be able to overcome this. So when there's a relational conflict, what you wanna do is you want to address it. You wanna talk it out. You wanna be gracious. You wanna be able to move on. But some offenses, some hurts are small, right? Other hurts are big. The bigger the offense, the bigger the hurt. Tracking with me? And so when we experience hurt in our life, we have one of three choices, one of three paths that we can go down. We can go down the path of resentment, the path of revenge, or the path of forgiveness. Well, what is the path of resentment? The path of resentment is recycling the hurt in your mind. It's living continually in bitterness. That's the path of resentment. What's the path of revenge? Revenge is to hurt someone for hurting you. We've all heard it said that hurt people what? Hurt people. So resentment is all about our minds and in our hearts Revenge is with our words and with our actions. But isn't there a better path? The better path is the path of forgiveness. And when we walk down the path of forgiveness, that's when we experience freedom through forgiveness. So what is Forgiveness. If that's what our topic is today, let's define forgiveness. Look at the screen with me. Here's our definition for forgiveness so that it's a choice to trust God by releasing resentment and revenge towards someone who hurt you. There's a lot right here. Every single word is important. First of all, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. Forgiveness is a deliberate act of the will. It's a choice. I choose to forgive. It's a choice that happens at a point in time, but it's also a process over time. Let me explain that maybe today here, God is calling you to make the choice at a point in time today to forgive my dad, to forgive my spouse, to forgive my coworker. It happens at a point in time. But it's also a process over time. So then you get into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you're still thinking about the hurt that was caused to you. You're still talking about that. That you've got resentment in your mind and you've got revenge on your heart. You haven't truly forgiven. You gotta go back to the point and make that decision again. Today, I'm going to forgive. Maybe that's multiple times, but as you do that multiple times, Lord willing, the pain is less frequent of memory and less intense in a memory. Does that make sense? So forgiveness, first and foremost, it starts with a choice. It's a choice to trust God. What do you mean it's a choice to trust God? It's a choice to trust God at two levels. First level is this, to trust God to right the wrong. That is God's job, not yours. Scripture says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't try to do God's job. Don't get in the way of God doing his job. Forgiveness is trusting God to do his job, which is to right the wrong. And righting the wrong might happen today, it might happen this week, it might happen next month, it might happen several years, it may wait to happen in eternity. But God is going to right the wrong. And so trust him in that. The second level is that is trusting God that if I release resentment and revenge, that God's going to heal me As I take that step of faith, because it is a step of faith. So, what's our definition? It's a choice to trust God, to release resentment and revenge. What's resentment? What we already say. It's about our minds and in our hearts. What is revenge? Revenge is in our mouths and with our words that we release. And we're not going to hurt back for the hurt that we have caused. I'm going to let go of that. That's what it means to release towards the person who hurt you, who injured you, who offended you, who wronged you. Now, there's two aspects of forgiveness. There's internal forgiveness and there's verbal forgiveness. It's really important that we understand this. That first starts with internal forgiveness. And then if there's the right opportunity and it's appropriate, we extend verbal forgiveness. We gotta understand this. That it first starts internally in our hearts. That's where we resent, re- release the resentment and the revenge to the Lord. We take our hurts, we take our pains to the Lord and we ask him to heal us. That's the internal forgiveness. That's where it starts. And then we express verbal forgiveness when it's appropriate. Well, how do I know it's appropriate? The person needs to come to you, needs to acknowledge what they did, be remorseful, Um, and or repentant, and then ask for forgiveness. If those things don't happen, to verbally express forgiveness often makes the issue much worse. To verbally express forgiveness can be passive aggressive and it can enable. Let me explain. If you're in a heated argument with someone, you're like, I forgive you for interrupting me. <laughs> They're not acknowledging they interrupted you. They probably have a different perspective of the situation. Do you see how that's passive aggressive? Maybe you know someone who's got a foul mouth and you're like, I forgive you. The person never acknowledged it. So then the person's like, I guess it's okay. I can continue to do this and... Our forgiveness enables. So what I wanna encourage you today, my counsel to you today, was first do the work of the internal forgiveness so that if the right opportunity comes, you can express the verbal forgiveness. If we express verbal forgiveness too soon, words are cheap. Oh yeah, I forgive you, but we've never done the work of the internal forgiveness. And then, The forgiveness isn't really forgiveness. We're just saying something at the moment. And so we've defined forgiveness. What's our definition? Let's make sure that you're staying awake here at church. Can you lift up your voices? Can you uh, read from the screen? I wanna hear your voice, not just your neighbor, your voice, here we go. Forgiveness is? So we've discovered our definition. Now let's discover three principles to forgiveness from our passage in Ephesians chapter four, verses one, 32. If you're taking notes, you'll wanna jot this down. Number one is this, is that forgiving people are free. Forgiving people are free. Free from what? Free from resentment and free from revenge. Notice what it says here in verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. That's a mouthful right there. So let's look at these word by word. Bitterness, what's bitterness? It's recycling old hurts in your mind over and over again. This is the resentment that we're talking about. What's wrath? Wrath is the indignation of unresolved issues. This is the journey, the start of the journey towards revenge. What's anger? If you were with us, last week at church, we talked about freedom from anger. We talked about two different types of anger, red hot anger and ice cold anger. Do you remember this? That red hot anger is often the thing that is most obvious. Ice cold anger can be subtle, but both are wrong. One type of anger is, uh, explodes, the other one implodes. One is revealed. You can see it clearly and hear it. One is concealed, but even though it's concealed, it doesn't mean that the anger isn't there. Anger can be volatile or vindictive. It can be reactionary or resentful. Red hot anger, ice-cold anger, what is it that you tend to lean to? Not your spouse, not your friend. What is it that's your tendency? Both are wrong. Clamor, well, what's clamor? Clamor is the noise of relational strife. I love the word onomatopoeia. It's just kind of like fun to say, but onomatopoeia is... Uh, The word that is used when a word sounds like what it is, and that is what clamor is. Clamor is an onomatopoeia. Clamor is clamor, 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 clamor. That is clamor. I can tell you all want to join in, so let's do it together. Four times, real fast. Clamor, 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 clamor. That is clamor. And slander, what is slander? Slander is evil. Slander is evil to the core. What slander is, is it's trying to destroy reputations and destroy relationships. And then what's malice? Malice is ill-heartedness. It's evil intent. So do you see the progress of these words? What's the first word? The first word is bitterness. It starts with resentment in our hearts and in our minds. And then it leads to these expressions of revenge, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice with our words and with our actions. So let me ask you a question as we think about these words together, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. Do these words sound like someone who has experienced freedom? Are these words healthy or unhealthy? Unhealthy, of course. Do these words... Describe you. Or maybe better, what others say these words describe you your spouse, your kids, your friends, your co workers. So if we want to experience freedom. We're gonna be set free from these things. In this uh, series, we have been uh, talking about freedom from different things, freedom from fear, freedom from foolishness. We talked about addiction in that message. Freedom from despair, freedom from anger, If you think about all of these issues, oftentimes they get connected back to a deeper pain, a deeper hurt in our life. And these four things become coping mechanisms for dealing with this hurt and this pain. That is why I believe this is the most important message in the series. That's why this message is entitled Freedom Through Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the padlock that is chaining you to the hurt of your past so that you can experience freedom to heal in the present. Do you know the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? Think about all that Joseph endured, that Joseph was abused by his family, that he was a victim of a hate crime, he was a victim of human trafficking, he was falsely accused of sexual assault and he was wrongfully incarcerated. How many of you would agree that Joseph experienced some trauma in his life? Eventually, Joseph got released from the physical prison because he had experienced favor with the Pharaoh. But Joseph was released from the emotional prison of his past because he chose forgiveness. How do we know that he chose forgiveness? Well, Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. This is important for us to understand. Both of those names have great meaning. His first son, he called Manasseh It says, for, he, for God has made me forget all of my hardship and my father's house. This does not say that he disowned his family. In fact, it was just the opposite. When Joseph had an opportunity to take revenge on his brothers, he didn't take revenge. Instead, he blessed him. Why is it that he didn't take revenge on him? Because he had already spent time dealing with the internal forgiveness, releasing the resentment and the revenge that he had in his mind and in his heart about what had happened to him. He had already released that so that when he came in contact with his brothers who had abused him and started this whole cycle of events, he was at a place where he could bless them instead of take revenge. His first son was Manasseh. His second son was Ephraim. Ephraim means this, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. God has made me fruitful in my present despite my past affliction. That Joseph experienced freedom through forgiveness. I want you to experience freedom through forgiveness. God wants you to experience freedom through forgiveness. Do you want to experience freedom through forgiveness? Seems like a rhetorical question, right? Isn't the obvious answer yes? Yes. The reality is this, is that many people do not want to experience freedom through forgiveness. That they would rather feed their hurt than be freed from their hurt. That they would rather be a victim to their past than a victor in their present. They would rather have thoughts of resentment and revenge than to choose forgiveness. Well, if I withhold forgiveness, I'm going to hurt the other person because they hurt me. No. You're hurting yourself more than you're hurting anyone else. It's been said that forgiveness, unforgiveness is like drinking poison. Think about this. Drinking poison and thinking the other person is going to die. Holding on to resentment and revenge, it's killing you. It's like a cancer. When there's a solution right in front of you, the solution is freedom through forgiveness. So what are our words in verse 31? Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. These will always enslave you unless you're willing to forgive. And when you're willing to forgive you can be set free from these unhealthy emotions. Again, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the padlock that is chaining you to your past, to your hurt, so that you can have freedom to live in the present. I've experienced some injustices in my life. Some people have wronged me. I've experienced trauma. I've experienced pain. I've discovered that the more your pain consumes you, the more your pain controls you. So several years ago, I needed to make the choice to forgive, to trust God, to release my resentment and my sense of taking revenge towards those who have hurt me so that I can choose a different path, the path of forgiveness. And the path of forgiveness has led to freedom. What situation? What person do you need to release resentment and revenge towards? As long as you're living in resentment and revenge, you will never experience freedom. Principle number one, forgiving people are free. Principle number two is this, forgiven people forgive. Notice what it says in verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Do you see how these words are so different than verse 31? It's no longer anger, clamor, malice, all these unhealthy words, but now I get to live in freedom. And now I get to be kind. I can be tender hearted. I can be forgiving because I am free to do these things. And notice the sequence that's here. It's forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So it starts first with God and then it comes down to us and then it extends out to others. So let me ask you a question. What has God forgiven you of? If you were to have a piece of paper, one piece of paper for one sin in your life, a sinful thought, a sinful word, a sinful action, how many pieces of paper do you think you'd need? Do you need like 10 pieces of paper? 100 pieces of paper? Do you need a ream of paper? How about a case of paper? How about a box truck of paper? How about 100,000 box trucks of paper? Are we getting remotely close? Yet God has forgiven you of everything. Isn't that amazing? Can we praise God for that this morning? And so then we need to forgive others, not because he has forgiven us. I think that we think that's what this verse says. That's not a false statement, but that's not what this verse says. We don't forgive because he's forgiven us. It's even another level. This is next level. What does it say? It's not because he has forgiven us. It's as he has forgiven you. How has God forgiven you? He's forgiven you graciously. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. He's forgiven you generously generously. He's forgiven you totally and completely. He's forgiven you gladly, not reluctantly, but willingly. A couple weeks ago in our series, we looked at the story of the prodigal son. Perhaps you were here. We talked about freedom from foolishness. If you remember the story of the prodigal son, he made a series of foolish choices and he found himself at rock bottom. But when he was at rock bottom, that's when his life changed for good and for the good. If you're at rock bottom here, that is a good place to be. Even at rock bottom, there is hope. There is freedom. And we see that in the story of the prodigal son. He came to an awakening and he realized where he was at. And so he goes back to his father. Remember in that story, how did his father receive his son? His father ran to his son, his father threw out the welcome mat, his father welcomed him back into the house, his father forgave him graciously, generously, gladly. This is a picture of what Christ does for us, amen? Amen. But there's another part of the story that we didn't get to. There's an older brother the older brother is filled with what? Resentment and revenge. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. Do you see the paradox in response? Do we have the same paradox? We receive God's forgiveness, but I don't want to give Forgiveness. Receive, yes! I don't know that I can give. Maybe as we talk about forgiveness, what's helpful is for us to understand what forgiveness is not. Maybe this chart here helps you, this list. Take some notes. Forgiveness is not a feeling, you're never going to feel like forgiving. Oh my, when I feel like I'm gonna forgive, you're never gonna feel like it. It's not forgetting. Well, if I forget, then I can forgive. Some of you have experienced some trauma that you'll never forget. But that doesn't mean that you can't forgive. You might be thinking, well, when I forget, then I'll forgive. Well, you have it totally backwards. Maybe the reason why you're not forgetting is because you haven't first forgiven. So maybe you start with forgiving and then maybe over time, as we've already talked about, some of that pain will lessen in its frequency and in intensity. But forgiving and forgetting don't always go hand in hand. Forgiveness is not excusing. It's acknowledging that a wrong was done. You don't forgive someone who just kind of makes a mistake. You don't forgive your kid if they spill milk on the floor. Oh, I forgive you. No, it's a simple mistake. Forgiveness is not excusing. It's acknowledging that a wrong was done. It doesn't minimize. It doesn't rationalize. It doesn't excuse what had happened. Forgiveness is not always verbalized. We already talked about that. The forgiveness first is internal. And then at the appropriate time, we verbalize it. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. These two things don't go hand in hand, although forgiveness can lead to reconciliation and you can't have reconciliation without forgiveness. Even when you forgive, it doesn't guarantee that you're gonna have reconciliation and restored relationship. So, don't wait till I have reconcil- reconci- reconciliation and restored relationship. Till I forgive, no, you have to forgive. But in order to have reconciliation and restored relationship, you need to have two people that are willing to forgive. Well, I'm going to forgive when they forgive. No, you need to forgive. We're going to stand in account for ourselves. Even if the other person isn't willing to forgive, we need to forgive. Sometimes there's so much hurt that's been caused that boundaries need to be set up in place in order to protect a relational and emotional health of two people. Maybe some time is gonna take for there to be trust in reconciliation and restoration. We've seen God do incredible things in marriages, in our church. And we believe that God is a God who restores and reconciles, amen? But it's a process. But the process starts with forgiveness. Not the other person, but you in your heart. And then forgiveness isn't fair. I think this is why we struggle with forgiveness. Because it's not fair. Why should I forgive? thank God, forgiveness isn't fair. If forgiveness was fair, who of us would be forgiven by God? So yes, it's not fair. That's why it's grace. That's why it's mercy. Forgiven people forgive. Who is it that you need to forgive today? Is it a parent? Is it a child? Is it a family member, a coworker, a friend, someone here in this room with you. Forgiven people forgive. That's principle number two. Principle number three, I think, is going to come as a shock to you. Look at this. Principle number three is this. Forgiven people do not forgive themselves. I struggle with forgiving myself. I've got so much guilt and so much shame, so much regret from my past. I just need to forgive myself. I know what you're thinking. I can feel the same as well. But forgiveness is not a biblical concept. Nowhere in Scripture does it say we need to forgive ourselves says, love one another as you love yourself, but it doesn't say forgive one another as you forgive yourself. Instead, what does our verse say? It's to forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. I think at the baseline, I think we struggle with thinking that we need to earn forgiveness, that we need to pay penance can't earn forgiveness. You can't pay for your forgiveness. Your forgiveness is a gift from God. So let's just think about the analogy of a gift. Here's my good friend, Joaquin. If I were to give Joaquin a gift, Joaquin can't say two things. Think about this. He can't say, I gave myself the gift. He didn't give it to himself. I gave it to him. Joaquin can't say to me, well, let me pay for that. Because if he did, he doesn't understand the very essence of what a gift is. He can't pay for that. And in the same way, forgiveness is God's gift to you. He gives it, You, yes, you don't deserve it, you can't earn it. He gives it to you, it's a gift. And because it's a gift given to you, you can't give it to yourself. And because it's a gift, you can't say, Well, let me pay you for that, because it's a gift to you. He paid the price for the gift. Do we understand this church that only God can absolve sin? A priest can't absolve sin, you can't absolve your own sin. Only God can absolve your sin because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid the penalty, he paid the price for your sin. It wasn't a down payment for your forgiveness in the future. It wasn't a rent with an option to maybe buy your forgiveness in the future. It wasn't let's split the check like you do with a coworker at lunch. God does this, we have to do this. No, Jesus Christ paid for your forgiveness in full. So, the moment that we think that we need to forgive ourselves is the moment that we think that God's work and the cross isn't sufficient, that we need to add to it, that that's not sufficient. I need to do something. No, you need to realize your forgiveness is paid in full. Well, what does that really mean? Well, maybe this illustration helps. Here's a whiteboard, here's a bunch of sins. Some sins that we've talked about even in this series anger, bitterness, slander, pride, lust, addiction. Because Jesus paid the price on the cross, Jesus has forgiven you. You are white as snow. And so if Jesus has forgiven you, if you're white as snow, what is it that you need to forgive yourself of? But I still feel regret and shame and remorse. I do too. I do too. But I'll need to forgive myself because Christ has forgiven me. I just need to remember what Christ has done for me. And I need to believe it, not just in my head, but in my heart. And then I need to live in that forgiveness. And that's the same for each of you. In the series, we've been highlighting people in our church who have experienced freedom. I want you to hear the story of Yenka, how she experienced freedom through forgiveness.
0: Before I knew Christ, I would run from hurt and problems. But with Jesus in my life, I seek God in and through pain. The ability to remain in Christ reminds me that I'm not living by my own power. When I got married, I thought it would be a happily ever after. I was a Christian and he was a Christian, so what could go wrong? But when my husband's struggle with pornography came out in the open, It really caught me off guard. It was a long and painful trial that led to a lot of fear about our future. In that situation, the old me would have ran away, and I wanted to. But one scripture that God led me to was Galatians 2.20 that reminded me that I don't live by my flesh, but through faith. Through faith and my relationship with Jesus, I find myself being willing to do things God's way and not my way. Ultimately, God revealed to me that my husband was not my responsibility and that at the end of it all, I would be the one standing in front of Jesus, not me and my husband, but me alone. The main step that God led me to in order to heal was forgiveness. Love is patient. Love is a choice, and so is forgiveness. I'm so thankful that I chose the path of forgiveness because through that God is blessing our marriage. We have more peace and confidence than we've ever had. I'm thankful for my husband and his willingness to surrender to the Lord. We are able to grow together because of forgiveness. We're able to worship together. We're able to raise our children in the way that God would want us to. We couldn't have done it if I didn't choose the path of forgiveness. My name is Yanka and I'm so thankful that Jesus freed me through forgiveness.
1: Isn't that awesome?
0: Before I knew Christ, I would run
1: for If Yenka can experience freedom through forgiveness, you can experience freedom through forgiveness. Save some time here at the end of the service for us to take communion together as a church family. Well, what is communion? Communi- communion has two elements, right? It's the bread and the cup. They're symbols. Christ's body broken for you, Christ's blood shed for you. They're symbols of what? They're symbols of Christ purchasing your forgiveness so that you can have the gift of forgiveness. So if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is an awesome opportunity for us to remember. The sacrifice of Christ on the cross for us. And when you get your elements, I encourage you to spend some time thanking God for the gift of your forgiveness. But maybe you're here today and you are not yet a follower of Jesus Christ. Well, what's stopping you? Today's the day of salvation. All you need to do is admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ died for you, and confess Jesus as your Lord. You can do so even right now in your chair. And then what an amazing thing that your first act would be to take communion and to realize that Jesus Christ died for you as well. And so in a moment, the worship team is going to sing over us and we're not in a rush. We want there to be a appropriate time of just reflection. We've talked about a lot today. At the right time, you can come and you can get your elements and go back to your seat and thank God for your forgiveness. But maybe as you're holding the elements in your hand, you've, you've got a lot of resentment, a lot of revenge in your life. Maybe as you hold the elements and you realize what He's forgiven you of, that you'd be able to release those things so you could start the journey on the path through a freedom through forgiveness. So the worship team is gonna sing over us, Lamb of God. It's the Lamb of Jesus who paid our price. Let's reflect and let's respond. Come and get your elements, take them back to your seat and take of the communion, receive the elements as you're ready.